welcome to YEGMS episode number 20. Uh, this one, my goal was to talk about exercise and multiple sclerosis, but I've decided, well, not that I decided, it's just I ended up having two guests for the episode, so I don't really have a lot of time <clears throat> to talk about exercise, but it's all related to exercise. So I will have some uh, papers listed on the companion blog post uh, that you can reference, but I won't be referencing, referencing them during the episode. Uh, today I'm really excited because I actually ended up with two guests, and one is the first ever returning guest to the YEGMS episode. I had her on uh, last year to talk about her charity event, Fat Bikes for MS, and she, they're doing it again this year. They're, last year was the first time that they, they had done it, and they had some great success last year, so they're, they're doing it again here on February the 5th. So Molly McDougal from the Fat Bikes for MS uh, charity fundraiser for the Multiple Sclerosis Society of Canada uh, will join me. And after that, I have another first time on the podcast. Kevin Guest from Phoenix, Arizona is my first ever international guest. Uh, he got a hold of me, and, and Kevin's got a pretty great story. He uh, has been diagnosed in the last year, and it's just get back, getting back into competitive cycling. Um, so it's really it was really great to talk to him and get his perspective and his and his story. Uh, the video, if you're watching this on YouTube and you're not just listening on SoundCloud or iTunes or however you're, you know, however you tune into the podcast, the the image that you're seeing is some video of my run from earlier today. Uh, I've actually I, I've been unable to run for the last. Well, since the uh, long weekend in October, since Thanksgiving long weekend in October, and because I've had plantar fasciitis and some tendonitis in my right foot, and over the last two weeks I've been able to do, I've now run three five k's. Uh, the foot's a little, still a little sore, but it's it's definitely coming, and I'm I'm, I'm excited to get back at it. I actually have a fifty uh, k ultra run that I'm going to be doing in May. And I've signed up for another two later in the year. So I've got to start running it sometime. And I hope that, um, you know, if, if, if these last couple runs are any indication, things are, things are on, the, on the mend. So that's exciting for me personally. Um, yeah, so on this episode, I'll, I'll just jump right into it. We have, we have Molly and, and Kevin. I'd like to thank them right from the right from the start, saying that you know it's it's awesome to be able to have them on the podcast, and it's awesome that they want to share their stories and their their events and the things that they're they're doing. So here's the first interview with Molly. Uh, it's an audio only interview, but I'm going to have for the people who are listening or for watching on YouTube. I'm actually going to have some slides from last year's Fat Bike for MS, so that people can get a sense of. Uh, of, you know what fat biking is sort of what the event was uh, some great photos provided by uh, their photographer and I'll leave the links to his his website website uh, in the companion blog post as well and then once I'm done uh, talking to Molly we'll jump right in with Kevin so stick around some uh, some really great interviews and uh, fortunately they talk more than me so it's uh, probably <laughs> Probably a little easier to listen to. I'm talking today with Molly McDougall of the Fat Bikes for MS event that's happening here in Edmonton on February 5th. 
And Molly is actually the first time repeat guest on the podcast. Not only that, uh, we actually recorded this interview once before, but due to some, I will I'll say technical difficulties, we're having to, to do it again. So uh, Molly, I appreciate your patience. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Um, now, actually, Molly and I were at a, uh, a seminar put on by the MS Society on Wednesday night for teaching us how to speak professionally. So it was probably better that we got to do it again because now that we're well, I guess we have one more session left, but we're at least 50% better. Um, well, hopefully. <laughs> um, oh, and I should have said, I might just sit on a big no-no as far as the speaking event goes. Uh, I just did it again. You did it <laughs> I should have given you that bell so you can ring it or something. That's right. Now... Molly, uh, you know, the first place where we always start with these interviews is really, you know, quickly. Well, not, it doesn't have to be quick. We're not, we're not pressed for time. But um, what's, how is your, how, where's, where does your relationship to MS start? Um, my relationship to MS starts, I actually worked um, in neurology. Um, so that was my first connection to MS. And then I've actually been diagnosed with MS as well about six years ago. So I have MS. And how how is your how are your symptoms? Are you doing well? I mean, every time I talk to you, you seem to be doing well. So yeah, I'm doing quite well. I mean, I really I think that I got kind of lucky or fortunate, however you want to say it. But they're my symptoms are fairly benign and bothersome at the most. They're nothing nothing major yet. So well, that's good because I mean, for for the listeners out there, or if you're watching this on YouTube, Molly actually bikes everywhere her main mode of transportation is actually cycling uh which i think is really phenomenal which really kind of blends into the whole fat bikes for ms uh, event but why don't we talk a little bit about your cycling background and then we'll jump into the, the event uh i really i mean i grew up biking and grew up as a country kid so if we wanted to get anywhere we had to ride our bicycle because people wouldn't just drive us around uh so i usually would ride my bicycle and then when i Moved. I grew up in Prince Edward Island, so I moved into Charlottetown, which is a fairly small city. I don't even know if it's actually a city, but uh, so there was not really much purpose in owning a car, so I would bicycle everywhere around there. And uh, moved to Edmonton, kind of got away from that for a little while because it's it's a big city, and you know finding your way around here on you know foot or bus is daunting enough. Um, then actually after. It was about the time I was diagnosed with MS, I started commuting back and forth to work. And then um, my diagnosis with MS kind of really pushed me into being a little bit more active. Um, and, you know, since then, I've really gotten into some mountain bike racing, um, commuting every day. I commute 10 kilometers one way a day, um, usually as far through the year as I can. I haven't been biking since about Christmas time because I caught that flu bug that was going mm. around, but... Yeah. So, and then recreationally as well as my mode of transportation. So. Now, just out of curiosity, because I know it helps me, but do you find that physical activity helps your MS? I can't prove it, but I believe it. Like I, I really, I can feel a difference when I'm not active. Like even when I haven't been biking, I still take exercises classes um, on my lunch break three times a week, mm-hmm. and walking the dog and things like that. So. I find when I don't exercise, I just kind of don't feel as good. I kind of get fatigued and I slog around the house and 
lack that motivation to keep going. So um, I try and keep to a pretty good regimen of, of some sort of physical exercise. Yeah, I find it really helps. And I know you and I were, I think we mentioned it the last time we recorded this, but uh, you and I were involved in a Twitter conversation with another, with another guy a couple weeks ago talking about diet and that and that was one of the things that that came out of it that kind of lends into what you said i mean you can't prove what you do but if you know something makes you feel better and i think you were the one who made the point that what makes me feel better and what makes you feel better may be different so you can't really discount mm-hmm. i don't i don't think you can paint it all with one brush so um that's awesome right so let's yeah. let's talk about that's the bigger not enough, i mean well i mean if your exercise just helps right i mean i think I don't think anyone would argue that. I'm sure. Actually, I shouldn't say. It. I don't think anyone. Most people wouldn't argue that point. I don't think. But yeah, some people might. But yeah. You know, whatever. Whatever works for me might not work for other people. So yeah. Now let's talk about the big event. I mean, it's coming up shortly. Um, oh, I just said um again. I think that's three times. I'm gonna start. I gotta be really gotta be aware of this. I'm trying to kick the um habit for my for my listeners. I, I and I'm not doing so well today, but. But the big big event comes up here on the 5th, and this is the second annual event. So why don't you start with last year, how it came about, and then we'll get more into the details. Uh, it came about because we have a friend who's very passionate about fat bikes, and he wanted to start a ride in Edmonton River Valley because, you know, Edmonton's winters and fat bikes in River Valley kind of just go hand-in-hand hand together. And so he talked to some other folks and they decided that uh, maybe doing it as a fundraiser would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he approached, I uh, believe, Michael at Revolution to um, get, you know, see if we could get something going. And the SG Friends Works, which is my fundraising team for the Hinton Bike Ride, uh, kind of rolled with the idea. I thought it was a great idea and we just ran with it. Um, so... Yeah, we talked to the MS Society, and they thought it was a good idea, and they were willing to help us get things going. So we just jumped full feet in last year mm-hmm. our first event, which actually turned out to be quite successful. I mean, we learned a lot from it, uh, as first events always are, but we've got some really good feedback. So we decided to keep trucking through with the second one. Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned the SG front forks for the Hinton ride, and... I know Mike asked me the other night about you know whether I was on the team or not, and I said well, I think I was because it was I kind of I kind of invited myself via Twitter, but I'm really looking forward to the hint ride. Uh, it's a little bit more my speed than road biking, so. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. How do you find That's that hint ride? Everybody, everybody. Road biking board. Yeah, it, I don't know. It just isn't my. But how do you find everyone I've spoken to, and I haven't actually been on the course, but everyone I've spoken about the Hinton MS ride raves about it. So it must be a really good course. I mean, just maybe talk about that for a second. It is. It's a good course. It has a little bit of everything um, for everyone. Uh, there's some fire ropes. There's some single track. Uh, there's not. There's a few pavement climbs. There's not too much pavement though. And um, there is. The challenge loop, uh, the challenge climb on the challenge loop was a challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how I actually made it up without, you know, walking that much at all. Uh, but it definitely was a challenge. But like I say, there's, there's avail- like it's available for all skill levels 
you go as fast as you want and take as much time as you want. Uh, the checkpoints were really well spaced out. Like it was really, and the camaraderie was really good too. Yeah, I've heard that that it was really a lot of really friendly people and just a really good time overall is what I've heard. So. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's jump back into the yeah. story. We kind of went off track there into the, to the hint ride, and I apologize for that. But let's get into this year's Fat Bikes for MS. Um, so why don't you just kind of give an overview, and we'll, we'll talk. We'll go a little bit more deeper after. So this year's route, we're starting from Capilano Park, mm-hmm. uh, which is where our first checkpoint was last year. And we're... Heading on a 10-kilometer loop, we go loop through around to Dawson Park and then back across the river and around to the Capilano side. Uh, we have two routes, so there's the standard route, which is mostly paved and double-wide. It's fairly beginner-friendly. There's some challenging bits for sure, mm-hmm. um, but there's kids could ride it if they had you know, the endurance to, to kind of go that far. Like It's a pretty standard standard route open to everyone and then we have the challenge route which is more the mountain bike style mm-hmm. uh, so for that one we have there's some paved bits there's a lot of single track there's some double wide paved uh, double wide gravel and there is a set of stairs that we threw in there just for fun uh, there's <laughs> a downhill section so there's a little bit for everyone stairs for fun I don't not many people say that but I'll take it. Well, the MS Society has... Well, when when you're designing an MS Society event, mm-hmm. they want you to have a section of it that's a challenge mm-hmm. because that, you know, helps participants understand what kind of a day mm-hmm. could be like with MS. So you have your, you know, your, your easier spots and then, you know, there's a challenge. So I designed a route this year. I will take full responsibility. I thought that that would be an appropriate challenge for the mm-hmm. skilled riders. Well, when I, cause I'm doing, I'm doing the, well, I'm doing the ride this year, so I'll try the challenge route, and if if uh, if I'm if I'm at all upset about it, I'll <laughs> I'll send you a strongly worded email. Yeah. Um. Well, now, what do you want people to know about about the ride? Uh, that it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We're all out there as a good team together. Uh. uh it's open to all ages, abilities, bike types. We recommend that you have studded tires. Uh, just because we did run into some ice last year, we had uh, Saturday before the ride, it warmed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so things started to melt. And then Sunday morning, it cooled off again. So we did have some ice. Uh, so if you have access to studded tires, it's a good idea. But, you know, don't limit yourself if you don't. Just If it's icy, we'll have to be cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh we have some wonderful food going to be provided by OJ. I believe they're having pulled pork and some other items. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can do as many or as few laps as you want. You can, you know, even do a quarter of a lap if you're not really enjoying yourself and just want to get out for a little bit of the day. Mm-hmm. Or you can do six, seven, however many laps you want. How long is a loop? Yeah, we're just a loop is 10K. I think okay. it's actually 10.11, but... Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I just did it again. I'm never going to kick, kick my, my um hat. I don't think I'll ever kick it. Now, how do people register? How do they find you guys? 
Uh, so we have a website. It's www.fatbikes4ms.com, and that can either be the number four or the word four. Okay. All the information is on there on how you register. Uh, there's also a Facebook site, uh, event, a Facebook event, just mm-hmm. fatbikes4ms. You can find it that way. Uh, and all the information is there. You just pretty much follow the instructions to sign up. Okay. Now, what can you tell people who are wondering what fat biking is? Fat biking is a type of bike. Um, it has wider tires, somewhere between usually four to five-inch tires, and that just provides a better traction, better gripping. Uh, it also can absorb some of the shock. You can run a really low PSI. So I usually run mine at about somewhere between four and five in the winter. So that's, you know, that's significantly lower than even mm-hmm. mountain bike tires, which are, you know, around 35 or 40. Uh, it's really fun. You, when you're riding on the snow covered trails, you kind of have, on a standard mountain bike, you don't have a lot of margin for error. You need to stay on that pack trail because once you veer off that pack trail, you're kind of stuck in the fluffy snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, with fat bikes, you can just, you know, regain your traction and keep going for the, for the most part. Uh, they are slower on, you know, paved trails, um, cloud trails, that sort of thing. They mm-hmm. are a little bit slower than your regular bike just because they are gripping. The rolling resistance is mm-hmm. much higher, of course. Uh, but on the stable track and snowy conditions, they're just so much fun. Like, I don't know. I don't think you can get on a fat bike without having fun. Like, I uh, sometimes would, when I was... First time I got bike, I did the AW Bear song in my head because I just felt like I was just, you know, trolling along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of fun. Now, if, some, if somebody's listening to this and they and they want to get involved, what are the sort of the fundraising goals? Uh, first question. Yeah, what like for the fundraising, what is, it, is there a minimum amount they need to raise? Or is it just signing up for the, the fee? Or uh, It's just signing up for the fee. Okay. Um, if people want, they can definitely fundraise. We're, we won't stop people from doing that, but the fee is a $50 fee, mm-hmm. uh, and that includes your, you know, your event registration, your package when you show up, entry into our door prizes, your food from Original Joe's, um, and then we also have an after party at Fargo's, mm-hmm. and uh, Fargo's is just up at the top of the hill from Capilano Park, and they've actually offered to donate a dollar from every drink sold to the MS Society as well. So. Oh, nice. It's pretty generous of them. Yeah. And again, on the same lines, if somebody's listening and they think, well, I don't have a fat bike, uh, what do you recommend? Well, you can rent a fat bike if you're interested in trying one out for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, there are various shops throughout Edmonton that are renting them, but of course, Revolution Cycle is a sponsor of ours, so we're going to tell you to go Revolution Cycle first. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a standard mountain bike, you're definitely welcome to ride that. Like I say, unless you're a fairly experienced winter rider, and I would suggest staying to the standard route if you're on a regular mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could try a bit of the challenge route and see how you're feeling. Uh, you could, if you're an experienced rider, ride on you know a smaller tire bike. But I think if you know people are riding in the winter for the first time, definitely you don't have a, a mountain bike or rent the fat bike. Okay. Or if they're not interested in biking at all, we do need some volunteers, so that's another option as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just did it again. I'm going to have to give myself shock therapy. Yeah. Uh, I just did it again. 
If uh, now, is there any other conscious of it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Is there any other? I mean, other than the the website, is there any other social media that people can look at or follow? Uh, yeah, we are on Twitter at FG Front Forks. We are on Facebook, uh, FG Front Forks Fundraising Team. Mm-hmm. And just the website, we also have the website, www.fatbikesforms.com. Okay, do you have any other th- anything else you want to add? Any closing thoughts? Any other things you want to say? No, just that if you're in the Edmonton area, you should definitely come out and give it a shot. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we really appreciate seeing as many people as we can out. Awesome. Molly, thanks again for doing this again for the second time. I promise I won't delete anything by accident this time. And that's Molly McLeod from... Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I guarantee. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to lock it down. Um, oh, I just did it again. <laughs> Anyways... Stop Mo- thinking about it. Molly, thank you again for talking to me and, and being on the podcast. Uh, the event goes on February 4th, for 1st, not February 1st, February 5th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, it's the Fat Bikes for, for, for MS. Molly, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, and I will see you next Wednesday. I'm free. I'll be I'm free by next Wednesday. I don't know. We'll, we'll hold you to that. Okay. Thanks again. Thanks. All right. Bye. Today with Kevin, uh, and Kevin's my first ever international guest. Uh, international. He's in Arizona. I'm in Alberta. Uh, we're in the same time zone, but uh, to different countries. And uh, Kevin, thanks for doing this. Welcome to the to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Um, why don't we start with your story? Uh, if you can kind of, you know, I know what we were talking before I start recording here. You mentioned, um, you know, your first symptoms sort of appeared as, as you're in the middle of a move so maybe kind of talk through that and then we'll we'll go a little deeper i i think maybe it was happening several months before that i was getting some numbness in my toes and stuff um i went to a doctor who was sending me to physical therapy and then uh and then i was moving from spokane to uh arizona and uh along the drive what happened was uh my leg went numb but that's not that's not that peculiar because that happens sometimes when you're sitting for a long time mm-hmm. and you know, and so, uh, I thought, I thought it was just from sitting in the driver's seat for so long actually. And, uh, and then it, I got out of the car and I actually started my first day of my new, new job and I was explaining to everybody, look, you know, my legs numb from sitting in the car for so long. This is why I'm limping. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it got worse where it went from like a little bit of a limp to kind of dragging a foot and, and, uh, and then so uh, half my face went numb too, so I ended up going to the doctor and she sent me to get an MRI, and that's uh, how so I found out I had MS. And was that was that in April? You said it was April. Yeah, that was uh, last week in April. This year. Yes. Oh wow! So that's pretty fresh for you then, still. Yeah. Um, yeah it is. So and I know when you initially when you'd reached out to me the first time, uh, you had mentioned that. You know, you're not just an athlete, but you do some, uh, I don't know if hardcore is the right word, but hardcore for most people anyway. So why don't, we, why don't you take us through kind of your athletic background? Um, well, I'm a, I'm a Cat 3 road bike racer, which isn't, it's not like, a, so with road bike racing, you have your different levels of amateur road bike racing, and it's not, uh, 
It's not anywhere close to becoming a professional. It's just uh, you've moved up a couple of levels since you started. I, I was doing that for about five years. Okay. And uh, and also, you know, I do some marathons and trail running and, and things like that. I uh, do have a couple of 24-hour mountain bike races and long-distance mountain bike races that I also do. Yeah, a buddy of mine, he does um, – he did the uh, the Canadian death race this year. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. But I think he was – sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. It, it sounds familiar. I know I've heard of it, but I, I don't know the details of it. Yeah, I think I think it's 150K. Uh, I might be wrong in the distance. Uh, but he – I know he was up for close to 48 hours, got hypothermia because they basically go up and out, mountain and down. Um <laughs> So I thought running 80k was, you know, on, on very flat prairie was uh, <laughs> it's a lot to take on, but that was uh, maybe one day. That's all I'll say about that. Maybe one day. Um, yeah. So how are you feeling now? Like, how are you doing with exercising now? What's your routine? I'm just now kind of getting back into training hard on the bike. Um, it took, you know, after I, I was diagnosed, I did the uh, the steroid treatment. Yeah. Where they get the inflammation to go down and. And then they got me on Tecfidera, and uh, and so it took a month or so before, like I mean I was walking again, um, but I could still just feel there was something different about my leg, and it took a while for the numbness in my face to go, come back. Yeah. But um, it took a couple months. Plus, then at that point in time, it had gotten really hot in Phoenix, and oh, yeah. I've been told at least by my doctor you should you know avoid uh, overheating. So. I, I didn't get out much for a little while until it started to cool down. Then I got into just getting up every morning, going for a quick run, and uh, I, I moved from the house I was renting to the house I bought, which is near some nice trails. So I, I like trail running, so I got to running more and more, and got on my mountain bike and started uh, riding the trails. and And now I've been doing some group rides, with, you know, pretty quick, fast group rides. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get back into serious, serious racing. I'm, you know, I've been, you know, if I, if I get feeling like I can, I will. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm on my way there. Um, but I don't know. How are you feeling overall? Pretty much, I almost, aside from the fact that it's, 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 I, when I get stressed out, I get some tingling in my leg. But uh, other than that, I'm pretty much, pretty much normal. Uh, back to where I was, I get, sometimes if I do, uh, if I'm doing yoga with my wife or something, mm -hmm. I do a, a single leg exercise, I, I notice that the balance and coordination in that left leg aren't quite where they once were, but for the most part, I'm kind of back to, feeling back to normal again. Um, yeah, um, you mentioned stress, and I know for me, that's a definitely a trigger. It's definitely something that, uh, that triggers it for example on, on friday i had full day of meetings and i i meetings stress me out they just yeah. it's just my nature my personality i just uh, uh and then so that was all day then i had to go to my wife's christmas party and just being i guess the black way of putting having to be on all day really stresses me out so the last 48 hours haven't been fantastic i mean it's just just more fatiguey than anything, but uh, it, I, you know, stress does is a trigger for me. Now, with the work you do, is it, is it high stress? Is it? Yeah, it's pretty high stress. It's uh, these are 
three, four million dollar machines and you know, they use them to treat cancer the next day, so there's gonna be a, a lobby full of people whose days are numbered waiting to get on machines. So uh, they really wind up, you know, when, when they're broken, they're gonna need to come back up soon. So it's, it's high stress. Yeah. Um, now, do you find that, you know, you mentioned yoga uh, and you start exercising again, do you find, is that how you relieve stress? Is that one of your uh, methods for doing that? Is that how you got into exercise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a good high-intensity bike ride kind of burns off all the adrenaline and you know gets you evened out again. Now, for somebody at your at your level, what 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 is a high-intensity bike ride for you? I'm sure it's I'm sure it'd be different than what it would be for me. But what does that what does that entail? Uh, well, you know, just just like a relatively quick thing, just uh. Take a take an hour ride, 20, 25 miles or so. Find some hills to really get your heart rate up to the max. And... Yeah, how far are you going? Uh, well, like today, today I did about fifty miles. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm doing uh, the uh, MS ride, the uh, bike MS ride in Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a hundred miles on one day and sixty miles the next day. I was actually at the Tour of Champions for the MS bike this year, and uh, the Tour of Champions with that one is if you raise, I think this year it was $10,000, you got to go. Um, so there was a Canadian team, and we met in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and there was six or 7,000 riders at the start line. It was, yeah, so it's from every MS ride from all over the U.S., and then there's a Canadian team there. We just kind of, kind of join on because like, you know Canada's a state. yeah yeah kind of like that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was pretty cool so we rode from there to ocean city which i'd never been to before um and then and then back um yeah the ms bikes are pretty cool i'm actually going to be doing one in september uh next year which is actually they call it the what is it is it it might be the ms mountain anyway we do it on mountain bikes so oh, okay yeah yeah, I mean, the, the, you go up a mountain, down a mountain, it's all trail, uh, and a few pretty technical spots, so that's that's pretty cool, and then there's actually one coming up in February, because unlike Arizona, where I am right now, it's really cold and it's snowing, um, but yeah. but in February, we're going to be doing the, uh, what do they call this one, Fat Bikes for MS, I don't know if you know Fat Bikes, up, but the ones with the really big fat tires, those will ride on snow, yeah. so they've got about a 25k loop, that we're going to be doing. I have never done it before. I, I've never even been on a fat bike before, but it seemed pretty cool. So uh, we're going to be signed oh, up. Wow. Now. Yeah. So if you got nothing to do in February, you want to fly all the way up to Edmonton and freeze, freeze your butt off. I mean, that'd be something for you to do. Yeah. And uh, so it's 25K or there's different options? There's different options. Uh, I think this is their second year doing it. And uh, I'm actually talking to the people that are organizing it on Tuesday to find out more. So. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll keep posting about it on the blog and stuff. I'll take pictures and stuff so you can see what it's all about. Um, but, okay. back, but back to you. So, I mean, you, you move from Spokane. You get down to Arizona. You find out you have MS. I mean, what's going, what was going through your head then? And now that you're, you said you know, you're kind of feeling back to normal, like how are you feeling now? Like what's your outlook like? Well, I mean, like I said, when I first kind of reached out to you, I was, you know, when being the guy who can run a marathon and then be the first guy to the top of the hill in all the group rides and win races is, uh, 
it was a big part of my identity. So, mm -hmm. you know, I thought I wasn't going to be able to do those things anymore. So I, I kind of, you know, I, I was feeling like I, I didn't know who I was going to be. Uh, so it, you know, it was, uh, it was a big kind of relief to hear about people like you who are still, you know, able to do things like that with MS. And so I guess it works out differently for everybody, but I guess, uh, something to hope for, I guess. Uh. Well, I mean, I can tell you this. I, I, I got diagnosed. It was 10 years. Uh, it's been 10 years since my, it was... On November 11th was the 10-year anniversary of my big attack. Uh, that kind of knocked me out of work, working for seven months, and that was a decade ago. Um, before that, I didn't... I only ran if I was being chased. <laughs> so, uh, so to where I am now... Um, I think you would have a, honestly, because of your background, because you were already at a high level before you got diagnosed, you can maintain it. I mean, there's no reason why you can't. I mean, if, uh, if, you're no, if an old fat guy like me can, can uh, uh, you know, run ultras. I mean, I don't run them fast, but I get them done. That's what I tell people, you know. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I just turned 40. I mean, looking, I'm looking at you through the computer. I would think that you're somewhere in your 30s anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'll be 37 in a few months, but... Oh, so you're not that much... You just look younger because you're, you're in better shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't have a, I don't have a beard right now, so... Yeah, well, you, you know, when it's still on like this, you got to keep your face warm, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, have you had much contact with other people with MS? No, not at all. <laughs> it's funny, it's like every time I, I tell somebody I have MS, they tell me about somebody they know who has MS, but I... I Maybe you're the first person with MS who I've talked to. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Um, and you, so you're going to start doing the MS bike? Yeah. Yeah. I signed up for it last week and I've been trying to raise money. Well, I can tell you, I mean, the not the, not the one I did last year, but the year before, a friend of mine, Dave, um, who's actually been on the, on the podcast as well, he had never been on the bike before. And... So we ride the three hours to do our first, you know, 100K or whatever. We go to the the, end, the finish line. And the whole time we're on, him and I were riding together, we were just talking about hockey and this and that. And um, we could have finished a lot faster if we were paying more attention, but we were, you know, just enjoying the ride. But at night, and I think I think all the MS bikes are, are structured the same way. They have like a party that night where everybody sits down and has a meal and they have speeches and stuff. And he was really, really overwhelmed walking into that room because there was 20, like the ride that I, we, we go on, there's tw about 2,000 riders. So he walks into this big exhibition hall and there's 2,000 people there. And he just felt really overwhelmed be just because of from the feeling the support. And I know for myself, I didn't reach out. To, I never spoke to anybody with MS on purpose. Well, it would probably have been at least five years of being diagnosed before I reached out. Uh, so you're, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is weird because of what I'm doing now, but um, when I initially got diagnosed, it just wasn't, I don't know if it was denial or, or what it was, but it's nicer to know people with it. I'd say that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, sometimes you post, uh, there's like a MS forum on Reddit and stuff like that. And you, I started reading things that people were writing on there and it's kind of scary, actually, because people are in further progress and, and maybe not doing. I think the people who 
have people who end up having time to sit around and, and be on their computers all the time are, are people who, who aren't working and, and maybe they tend to be in a worse condition than, than maybe what the average person is. My, one of my first experiences I, when I tried starting to reach out was on Reddit and I had the same experience. Um, yeah. anything, anything that I would write would get, you know, voted down. And I just found that there was a lot of negativity there and it just didn't suit me. It didn't suit the way I, I'm, I'm approaching it. So I, I haven't been back since. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, do you have a, now, do you have a family history with it? Anybody else in your family? No, no, no. Uh, no, it was a complete surprise. How much did you know about MS before you heard it from the doctor? You know, very little, I guess. There was, for some reason, Spokane, Washington has a, a reputation for having a lot of people with MS. And so, like, on the local public radio station, actually, just like a month or two before, I was listening to a, a, a I think it was a podcast from from the local public radio station about MS in the area and, and what MS is and that type of thing and why people think there's a lot of it in Spokane, Washington. But, uh, yeah, that was, you know, I, I, I knew it had something, it seemed to have something to do with uh, northern northern areas and possibly vitamin D deficiency and stuff like that, but I, I didn't know a lot. Are you taking vitamin D? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my neurologist has gone. I'm doing Tech Federa and Vitamin D. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm a Tech Federa. I started with Capaxone. I got switched to Tech Federa. I think two years ago. Uh, yeah. Much prefer because it's just it's just a pill rather than having to give yourself an injection. So. Yeah, it's not a big deal at all having to just take a pill every morning every night. But. Yeah. Um. You 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 mentioned Vitamin D in northern climates. Actually, Canada has the highest MS rates in the world. Yeah, especially and specifically yeah. and specifically where I live in Alberta, so there do, it definitely seems to to sort of form pockets. I, I guess is the best yeah. way to put it, um, which is odd. I mean, why that would be? I mean, hopefully they figure that out. So yeah. Um, now you're, you're you mentioned to me that you're married, and how's that? How is it for your your wife? Um. It's uh, you know, I don't know how to I don't know what to say. She, you know, she's she's taking it fine. She's trying to be supportive, and you know, it's, so far it hasn't you know it hasn't knocked me out of work, and I'm not unable to do things around the house and things like that. And and so life has kind of gone on fairly normally as far as home marriage goes. Yeah, and do you, do you are you dealing with any sort of fatigue or anything or any or do you really feel fairly normal except for you know some balance and numbness and that. You know, it's hard, you know, every now and again, uh, I'll be driving, like, in the afternoons, and I'll have to really, it'll be a struggle not to fall asleep at the wheel mm -hmm. at three in the afternoon on a night when I know I got plenty of sleep. And I, I kind of, I debate with myself about whether this is just a bad day or whether this is because of MS, you know. Um, yeah, I... Every now and again, I, I don't feel well, but I, I, I don't know if it's for the MS or I'm just having a bad day. Um, it is kind of a, it, it really kind of messes with your mind a little bit, doesn't it? That yeah. you're wondering, is, is this the disease? Is this me? Uh, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, I've been kind of going through that the last 48 hours, but uh, I know this fatigue happens to be, because I know it, it just, I had a stress, a lot of stress this week, and then it, it kind of sort of manifests itself in the fatigue. But now when you're training, one of the questions I always get from people with MS, and I never know how to answer it, so I'm going to ask you, because maybe you can give me a better answer than I have, because I don't know how to answer it. When, okay. When you're... Like when you said when you go on a really heavy bike ride, like so for me, if I go for a four or five hour run, obviously I'm sweating, I get warm. It's it's I don't do it. I don't do all those kinds of runs in the winter. It's when it's hot out. I really don't know how I manage the heat, but I do. Do you have any like? Do you notice it, or is it just because for me, I just think that I'm just used to it. I don't even know how to explain it. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty hot in Phoenix. I mm -hmm. uh, the nice thing about being on a bike, if you're going 20 miles an hour the whole time, you've always got a 20 mile an hour breeze going over your back. Mm -hmm. um, I have, a Phoenix, the nice thing about Phoenix is every house has a pool. So before things really started to cool down, I got, I came home and I just went straight into the pool when it was, it was convenient. Um, but do you notice yourself overheating more now than you did before, like when you're, when you're exercising? Or is it pretty much the same? I don't know whether I've recovered. You know, I don't know whether I don't notice it anymore because I've recovered more, or mm -hmm. because it's not as hot because of the time of year. Um, but when I first started trying to run after I was initially diagnosed, I noticed. I think I you, you used the term on your podcast before. I would do the drop foot thing with my left foot. Yes. Yeah. Slap my foot on the ground, and when I it was after a couple of miles on a hot run, it seemed to happen. Yeah, you know, I, and and now I can do four or five miles. And I, I don't have it happen, so I, I don't know whether it's the time of year or the tech era. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's. I I think that. I mean, I, I like I said, it sounds like you're the same as me. I don't really have a good answer when I get that question. I just know that I'm going to be really warm and sweaty anyway, so I don't. It, it's not going to make one a difference one way or the other, but. Uh, but you just mentioned drop foot and I actually last weekend um, so the really long run next year we're actually I'm taking a year off because the in 2018 I'm going to run from Jasper to Banff which is 240k so um, next year we're just going to do a relay so we we're trying to figure out a, a route in the river valley and there's this one footbridge we were going across and the guy that I was with who's helping me organize it I said we can't use this bridge and he said why because it's all slat boards and they're slightly off, just a little, like an inch here and there. I said, if anybody has drop foot, they're gonna they're gonna fall. Yeah. And it's just something that I would think of because I've experienced it. But if you've never yeah. had it, you would never think that somebody would catch their foot on such a small. Uh, just like I mean, it was just where's my fingers? Just like about that much, right? It would just catch your toe, and I could just see people going over, right? So. Um, so how did, how do you, now this is not MS related, I'm just curious about your job, because um, like, yeah. if, how did you get into that? Like, was that something you specifically went to school for, or is it one of those things that you kind of fell into and then went to school for, or how did, how does yeah, that work? I kind of, I, I kind of fell into it. I was, uh, I was in the Navy, and I was an electronics technician in the Navy, and mm -hmm. since radars and radios work kind of a lot like x-ray machines it's pretty easy to get out of the navy and then find a job mm -hmm. uh work 
working for Siemens fixing X-ray machines, and then I uh, I was working for GE fixing uh, CT machines for a while, and then uh, it was just kind of a progression into more and more complex X-ray equipment, and so now it's now it's the uh, radiation therapy accelerators. So are you the type of person like if I was going to your garage, there'd be like a bunch of random electronic stuff pulled apart, and that you're or computer stuff or. Well, I have a bunch of work stuff in my garage, parts of parts of various machines and, and things like that. That you know, spare parts in my garage. But I don't do. I don't do a lot of tinkering for fun necessarily. Mm -hmm. I I tinker with my bikes. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any bikes? Do you have? Uh. Well, I guess three. Not 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 as many as a lot of people. Uh, now, do you have do you, do you have kids? No kids, not yet. Yeah, I've got two, and they uh, we had a Christmas concert today, and uh, it'll be nice for. I'm we're we're almost there. We're both learning in school, and I mean just grade school, not not university or anything like that. But months three and months five. Um, that could take, maybe that's why I'm tired too. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> well, so you were you are you already had MS when you had kids and you had babies in the house crying all night and keeping you awake and all that kind of thing, right? Oh yeah, I know. When I uh, I got diagnosed in uh, January, February, March of 2007. My big attack was in November of 2006. I didn't meet my wife until December 2009. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then we we married August of 2010. Um, we were engaged a couple months after we met. And then my our first was born in May. Are you still there? I can still see you. I can hear you. Yeah, we seem to have lost connection for a second. I think, I think we're back, though. Okay, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, so my daughter was born in May 2011, and then Jonah was three years later. Um, so yeah, I did all that stuff with uh, with MS, and you know, like I've told people, I didn't run my first I didn't run my first half marathon until after I got diagnosed. Yeah. Uh, so um, that's why for me, it's it's really cool to meet somebody like you that's at a high, like a higher level athletically than I am, but it's, you know, and that's even cooler that you got, you got your diagnosis in April and you're already out there again. Like you're already out riding and stuff again. Cause my, my, I can't prove this. I mean, I've got papers and stuff that I've read that indicate it seems to help, but I think that exercise is a big part of it. And I think that every neuro out there should look at it and that should be the first thing out of their mouth before they start I mean, you got to take the, the, the MS drugs, but I think exercise is really, really important. Um, so I think it's really cool meeting somebody like you. Yeah, I, I'm kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's my upbringing because my dad's kind of the same way. I kind of have this mentality where I feel like I can exercise on my way out of any health problem. <laughs> well, I remember when I, when I got diagnosed, I got really pissed off. I was angry, right? So... Um, and I just kind of got the attitude that, you know, if this is how it's going to be, well, I'm going to go out fighting. This was kind of yeah. my, my thing. Um, so far it's paying off, but who, you know, I mean, every day you wake up every day and just, I'm just thankful for that day. Um, how, now your, your, your larger family, 
you know, parents, siblings, that, how did they take it? Uh, yeah, I mean, they took it well. Um, yeah, I don't, because, well, my, my, my parents actually live in, um, pretty close to Phoenix. So my dad came down when I was, when I was initially diagnosed, I was, I, I went and got my MRI and then there was some concern that I might have Lyme disease. So they also sent me, they admitted me to the hospital so I could get other testing done and so I could have access to the right specialists and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so uh, while I was in the hospital, my dad came down and he was just supportive and, you know, it's, it's been, uh, you know, they support me as much as they can. Yeah. I just find, I think it's hard for people to, if they have no experience, it's hard for people to even understand what you have, you yeah. know? Like if you break an arm, it's pretty obvious. You got a cast on, right? Yeah. Uh, this, these neurological disorders, it's not, uh, you don't have, you know, to, to look at you, nobody would say, hey, there's, you know, you, nobody would know, right? But meanwhile, you've got all this, then there's all the mental stuff that gets loaded on top of that. Um, like, how's your mental health been? I mean, so you, you seem good, but I'm just saying you must have, you must have gone through some stuff in between now and April, so. Yeah, well, the, the first, I'd say the first month or so was pretty, it was pretty depressing. You know, like, like I said, I was just kind of just feeling like I lost my whole identity because it's just, that's who I am. I'm the, I'm the mountain biker and road racer and runner. I just, I thought, who am I now? You know, so that's, that's what I, I dealt with the first, first month or two. But I, once I, I kind of realized that that, that that wasn't going to be the case, that I could still kind of be myself, then I, I've started feeling a little bit better. Do you now? Do you think it, a part of your identity could be? And I'm just throwing this out there. But now that you have MS, it's kind of cool that you could still be that guy. Like you could probably still beat most people up the hill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. You know that's that 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 in itself is a, is really really cool. Like, just looking at you, I can tell you, if you and I went for a run, you'd kick my butt all over the place. I get there. You you'd have to you have depends to, on how long it is. Well, it's, okay, fair enough. But uh, if it's anything like a regular marathon and under, you're gonna want to bring a lawn chair for the end for me. You know, to wait for me to get there. <laughs> I'll get there, but uh, not as quickly. But I think that's kind of cool that. You know that's why I, it's awesome that you you're, you're, you came on the podcast because I, I know that um, a lot of people think with MS it it helps to motivate people to know there's people from our community that are doing this kind of stuff right yeah. Um, yeah and you know there's one thing to see me doing it which is not always pretty but I get it done but uh, like you know somebody who's you know at that next that next step that next tier. Um, yeah. Now, anything else we need to cover? Is there anything you want to talk about? Um, I can't. Yeah, I don't really have anything in particular that we haven't talked about. I guess. Um, do you ever do you ever mountain bike? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, probably three times a week or so. Do you downhill, or are you like kind of like an all mountain type guy? Yeah, I do. I do 
cross-country mountain bike races and some endurance races? Well, the, the kind of downhill, I'm, I actually have a downhill bike. Um, oh, and, really? Yeah, no, and I, there's a place I go in the Rocky Mountains where they actually take you up in the gondola. Yeah. Well, okay, your bike's there. Uh, they take you up in the gondola, and you, because my downhill bike, you, it's got five speeds, and it's too heavy to ride around normally. You get off the gondola, and you just go. It's like being on a ski hill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, they do that in, uh, like, in Spokane, Schweitzer Mountain, and things like that. Oh, it's heaps of fun. Uh, I haven't been able to. Go, I didn't. I haven't been gone for a couple of years because uh, we decided to have kids. But my bike's still in the garage, and I look at it every now and then, and you know, rub it with a. I tried it on my cross country bike. But, uh, it would help to have the 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 long travel full suspension and stuff like that. Well, are you? Is your cross country bike is it hardtail or or you got full suspension? I couldn't it's quite hardtail. see. It's hardtail. Yeah, mine's. I've got the same thing. I got a front. You know, I got shocks on the on the front on my regular bike. Uh, like the bike I use for the bike tour, I don't have a road bike. I just ride my mountain bike with the front with the front suspension. Um, yeah. So people can hear me coming with those knobby tires from a ways away. It's pretty safe. <laughs> oh, is that on, on on pavement? Oh yeah, yeah. knobby tires. That adds that adds some uh, muscular endurance to push push those tires. I'm never in a hurry. You know, I'm just never. <laughs> That's what makes me good at distance running because I'm not in a hurry. Uh, yeah, I, I understand yeah. that I'm going to get there eventually. Um, so did you, like, all your life spent, grow up in Spokane, or that was just where you were before Arizona? No, that was, uh, I actually grew up in Prescott, Arizona, which is uh, a couple hours north of Phoenix. And then after I joined the Navy, I ended up in Spokane. So most of my adult life was in Spokane. But my childhood was in Arizona. So I guess I came back home, sort of. Yeah. I actually was on the West Coast Express. Oh, still there. Sorry, my computer went, my monitor went to sleep. Uh, I was actually on the West Coast Express going from LA to San Fern, not San Diego, in January with a guy from Spokane. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I, don't know if you're, you, I don't know if you've heard of the Spokane Chiefs, the, the Western Hockey League team. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been to a couple of their games. Oh, okay. Well, I grew up in Kamloops, and that, they're in the same league. And uh, we ended up talking about junior hockey on the West Coast Express. And the people around us are just like, what are you talking about? Because we were, we were in, you know, in those cars, you, you can overhear what people are talking about. And, yeah. and then the guy from Spokane, he looked at those other people and said, well, I have to excuse him. He's Canadian. And they're like, everybody's kind of not oh, okay, hockey. Okay, he's Canadian. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. but um, Well, Kevin, we've gone about half an hour, so that's... Uh, that's perfect for an interview. Um, okay. Is there anything else you want to add or any things you want to plug, like social media things or? Uh, I mean, no, no, just just the, the uh, I guess, the Bike MS ride other than that. You know what's cool about that? If you raise enough money this year, I'm actually going to be at the Tour of Champions in Texas next year. Oh, really? Yeah, because I've raised enough this year to get down there, so... So ten ten thousand dollars is what you need to. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll see what I can do. I've still only been a couple of days. I got two hundred dollars. So <laughs> <laughs> if I if I've got a, I got I've got a few more months. So yeah, well I'll give it a shot. That'd be kind of that'd be kind of cool to watch you kind of go off in the distance and then I'd catch up at the end. So. Uh, yeah. Well, if I if I end up getting getting to that level of uh, fundraising, I'm definitely. Sends you an email. 
Well, the easiest way to do it is to run a really ridiculous distance. And people, they, they give you money then. It's, it's, it's a weird way to do it. Because that's actually how the, the really long run came about. Is I do the MS ride every year. And, you know, there'd be like a grandma who would raise like $3,000. I'm like, you got to be kidding. Like, how do I? So I came up with that, that plan and, and it worked. Uh, so. I was looking at the leaderboard and the, the person who's raised the most money so far is, uh, she's an Ironman triathlete triathlete who finished an Ironman a day before she was diagnosed so I don't know wow she, she seemed to have gained some notoriety because everybody's donating to her no kidding yeah. see that's why I gotta that's why I gotta run 240 kilometers for the next one like I gotta keep getting making it more and more ridiculous because otherwise you know and it was even like that this year I was like ah oh, you've already done that you know we gave you 500 bucks last year we'll give you 250 this year so I gotta keep up to, I gotta keep up in it so um, but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit stop. This is a good place to stop, Kevin. I'm I'm gonna okay. well talk to you off once I stop recording here. But I just want to say thank you very much uh, for doing this. I think just by putting your story out there, I, it helps people. And well, thanks for having me on. Those are my interviews with uh, Molly McDougal from Fat Bikes for MS and Kevin Guest from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, both great MS warriors both with great stories to tell and it's you know it's phenomenal for me to be able to talk to people like that and interact and and share and it really uh it motivates me uh it it really helps to know that there are other ms warriors out there that, that that like to get active like to get out there and aren't afraid to try uh i think that Exercise is is vital for people battling the disease and whether you're, you know, if you're mobility challenged, you know, maybe your physical activity isn't road bike racing, trail running, or even trying a fat bike. Maybe it's just learning to get up and walk around your house and maybe one day you decide to walk to the end of the block and and, and then you build from there. Um, I just said that again. But I think that being active is vital. And I don't think it's just just physically. I think mentally there's, there's it definitely helps your mental well-being and, and how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your disease. So once again, I really thank those, those guys for, those two for coming on the, the, the podcast. It, um, it's important that People with MS hear stories like that, and that they can, and then you know they're they're shared with other people to motivate other people to get up and and challenge themselves. Uh, you know, in closing, the you know for the people that are are watching this on YouTube and aren't uh, aren't listening, the the video that's kind of scrolling in the background right now, it's just my kids and I went out skating today, and my son's pushing a chair on the ice because he's still learning, he's still learning how to skate on his own. And my daughter's moving around pretty good now. Uh, we had a great day just getting active. So I went for a run in the morning, went skating in the afternoon. I, I'm dog tired right now. It, it's it's time to uh, to wind down. But thank you for joining me for episode number 20 of the YGMS podcast. I'll just, you know, a few housekeeping things. I'm trying to put one of these out a month right now. My, my professional life is busy. My home life is busy. 
and I wish I could be on more of a regular schedule, and it's unfortunate that I can't, but it's kind of the hand I've been dealt at the moment. I am going to continue to do these. I, I really have fun doing it. And now that I have a you know a couple hundred regular listeners, it, it really feels worthwhile to do it. Uh, so expect another one in February. And if I can put out more, I will. Uh, actually, I have a guest lined up that I need to get organized for the February episode. And I, I apologize that this one took late into January to get out. But again... You know, on this, uh, I need to. <laughs> it's like everybody else. I got to pay bills, so my uh, my work becomes before getting this stuff done, and and uh, it is what it is. As always, if you want to find me online, you can find the YEG podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and YouTube. Just search YEGMS. If you want to find me on Twitter, ownms.com. One O W N ms.dotcom one You can find the blog at ownmultiplesclerosis.com and you can also find Own Multiple Sclerosis on Facebook. If you're interested in the really long run, really long run to endms.ca. If you want to find Fat Bikes for MS, it's fatbikes4ms.com. Great event. Uh, hope they, hopefully they just kill it this year. Hopefully they... Uh, you know, destroy last year's numbers, that would be, that would be excellent. So until next time, thank you again for, for joining me on the podcast and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks.